This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. Parker Bird hanging out with us in the Pirate Radio studios today. Awesome to have you. Parker, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? Doing yeah, great. Great to see you, man. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I know um, Pirate fans have been following your your story and your journey and uh, what, what's happened to right. you and, and how you've responded to it. Um, first of all, great to see you. I'm great glad you're you here guys. because yes, uh, things could have ended uh, very differently. <laughs> um, we were talking about that before we came on. For folks that, that aren't familiar, there's always new people moving to town or maybe haven't heard your story. I want to kind of take it back a few months. Uh, you're you're coming into East Carolina as a freshman. You're living your dream as a D1 baseball player. Um, and you're just having, man, a, a great s- summer afternoon on the water. All right. Uh, let, let's take it back there and what happened. You're on a boat and you pick it up from there. All right. All right. So... Uh, it was kind of just a chill weekend. It was a Saturday, and during the summer, we had to come to summer school for uh, baseball. So, like, on the weekends, there wasn't really anything to do here because no students were here quite yet. So, one of the one of the teammates, uh, he actually came in a little bit later than we did because he was a late recruit. But um, he came in, and he was like, hey, uh, I have a place in Bath, which is, like, probably 45 minutes away from here if nobody knows where Bath is. Small little town, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, so he's like, I got a place in Bath. So we're like, cool. And he's like, yeah, I got a boat, yada, yada, yada. I was like, all right. So it was a Saturday and uh, actually it was a Friday. And we all, after like our morning lifts, morning run, we uh, decided to go up to Bath and stay at his place. And then um, Friday went well. We went tubing. It had a great time. And then Saturday, we weren't supposed to go out. We were supposed to um, – I was supposed to take one of the other teammates that was there with me um, back to Greenville because he was supposed to help do some volunteer hours, like moving furniture. But around 11 o'clock – he was supposed to do that around 1. But around 11 o'clock, he got a text like, hey, uh, we don't really need you anymore. Thank you, all that good stuff. But um, So we are like, hey, let's go out on the water. Got um, a free afternoon. Yeah, free afternoon. Why not? So – we, uh, we all get ready. We ate lunch and all that good stuff. And then uh, we went out on the water. It was me and another one of my teammates named Dixon Williams, who's mm-hmm. a Greenville uh, native. Sure, Dixon's been on here yep. before. Yep. A friend of the program. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But um, me and Dixon were on the tube, and it was the first ride. Went good. We both fell off. We're like, all right, let's get back on. So we both got back on, and then um, the driver just – Went a little bit crazier the second time, you know, just teenagers having fun. And Dixon fell off. And then the driver snatched the boat the other way. And then um, the the tube hit a wave. And I was the only one out of the tube because Dixon had fallen off. And it hit a tube or hit a wave and it like flew way up in the air. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing about me is I'm terrified of heights. So I let go. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd rather just fall off. So I let go, hit the water pretty hard. I was like, man, I got to get back to this boat. So I was swimming back to the boat, and uh, it felt like it was a long swim just because I hit the water pretty hard. But um, I swam back, and I got up probably about 10, 15 feet from the boat, and my girlfriend was a little bit left of the motor. She was putting the ladder down. There was a couple guys on the uh, on the boat, and then all of a sudden I saw the boat coming in reverse and all I could think about was like oh lord what in the world is happening so 
as soon as I could think of anything, the boat was on me, mm-hmm. and I pushed off from my left hand, and then uh, the boat had stopped. I don't know like, what happened because they were all yelling at the driver, like, please stop, all that. So I think he just put the boat in park or whatever. And then so I pushed off, and then as soon as I, like, could, everything was clear, one of my teammates was jumping into the water to try to save me. Uh, this guy's from Florida, so... So when you said save you, when the boat was backing up, right? It did it... Oh, yeah, is that it, the it, part it, where yeah. the, the motor Right, hit yeah. So the propeller just hit both of my legs. It hit my right one more than my left because I was a little bit to the left of the boat. So it hit my right one uh, a little bit more than my left. And then it also got my hand from where I pushed off. So as you were trying to get into the boat, like, right. and anybody that's tubed before, I mean, you right, bring back yeah. a lot of memories from college, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you fall off all the time. Yeah, either, all the time, yeah. And eventually, you got to get back in the boat. Right. Usually, the boat stopped. Yeah, normally it's in park the yeah. or off. Or in so you're approaching somewhere. the boat, it's backing up, and unfortunately, the prop hits you. Right, yeah. So, so the prop hit me, and then that's why I pushed off, and then... After I pushed off the, did you realize stopped. what it ha- like? Yeah, I realized what happened, but it didn't really hurt. Like in the moment, it was more like it feels uncomfortable, kind of uh-huh. like something's up. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I don't. It just feels weird. Right. So I, then I saw one of my other teammates jump into the water, and uh, he was helping me like swim back to the boat because I was trying to swim, but it was more like dog, doggy paddling at this point. And so as soon as I got to the ladder. They had to like pull me up because mm-hmm. my legs couldn't like get onto the ladder or anything. So they pulled me up, and then I could realize from their like just reactions to like when they could see like my legs, they're like, "Oh, we need to call nine one one right now." So they called nine one one, and then in the meantime, uh, a couple other of my buddies were trying to tie like their shirts around, almost like a tourniquet. Yeah, trying yeah. to tie a tourniquet, but. Uh, unfortunately it wouldn't fit around my legs because mm-hmm. the size of my legs so they're over here tying shirts together to try just trying everything they could so they got a couple tourniquets on my legs but it really wasn't enough to stop the bleeding well in the meantime they were also trying to wave down boats so they waved down the first boat and the first boat was like sorry can't really help hit the first aid kit wow yeah I was, holy cow they're like okay well this isn't gonna work so um, they threw the first aid kit. They said they only know where it went. They just threw it and continued to try to wave down other boats. Well, the like the river was very like calm that day. Like there wasn't a lot of people out. But they said as soon as my accident happened, like all of a sudden all these boats showed up. Mm-hmm. And they said it was like really weird. But um, now were you like in shock almost at this point? Yeah, while was, you're in was, the boat, I was you're, still you're bleeding shock. out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, a m- major catastrophe at right this point. yeah i was in shock i couldn't really feel the pain at this moment i was just going off of their reactions so i was like oh it must be bad because like did you look down or not i couldn't look down <laughs> yeah. but i could feel so my leg obviously was cut up pretty bad mm-hmm. and for them to tie the tourniquets they had to like literally flop one like my leg over mm-hmm. on my leg to even tie the tourniquets and i could feel that so i was like oh is that my leg being flopped over my leg right. so it was kind of like mm, this isn't good mm-hmm. but so they're waving down the boats and they finally waved down this other boat and and that boat they're like yes of course like we'll help you 
And the only reason this boat was coming back into the marina that day was because there was two couples on the boat, and one of the couples had gotten into a fight. And um, they were like, okay, just take us back. Like, we don't really want to be out here anymore. So they waved them down, and they were like, oh, yeah, of course, we'll help. And one of the ladies on the boat happened to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. So just grace of God that Mm -hmm. she was even there. And then so they transported me onto that boat. Well, uh, they had called 911, and my girlfriend had called 911, so the ambulance was at the marina, which was, like, probably a five-minute drive on the boat. And all I could remember, like, while I was on the boat with the nurse, I was just laying there, and she's trying, like, hey, it's going to be okay and all that. And she's tying more tourniquets around my leg because she, like, actually knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, she was trying to tell me, like, it's going to be okay. But all I could think about was how fast this boat was going because he was flying. Because, I mean, obviously he had to. And then they met the ambulance at the marina. And then the ambulance had transported me to Washington Hospital, which is probably 10, 15 minutes away from the (laughs) marina. And uh, they I didn't even go into the hospital. So I went straight to the helicopter pad. And there was a helicopter waiting for me there. They rushed me straight onto the helicopter, and the, heli- and the helicopter took me from Washington to Gre- Greenville. Mm-hmm. So, so during this, it's I, I just can't imagine, you know, what you're right. going through, and you know how just one fun summer day is really going to just right. change your life forever. You get to Greenville, and then you get the best medical care, obviously, you yes. can hopefully find. And then it's just the beginning right. of your comeback, really, yeah. because at, since then, I believe it's been what twenty-two surgeries. Twenty-two surgeries, yes, sir. Um, and at the time, your your le- your leg was still a part of you. Yeah. They, they had to give you the news at one point that right. it, it needed to be amputated. I'm sure that was very difficult yeah. to hear. Yeah, on August fourth, um, my leg was getting so my calf was dying was the reason why they had to amputate it. And there, was, there wasn't any blood flow going to my right foot because whenever the accident happened, my nerves clamped down, which, like, saved my life, but it also caused me to lose my leg. But so the blood, it was able for the blood to come up. or right, it was able for the blood to go down, but it couldn't come back up because the nerves were clamped. And uh, so my foot, I couldn't move my right foot the whole entire time I was in the hospital. And... Uh, so they were on, they had me on this drip. I was in the ICU. They had me on this drip, and uh, my calf was dying. And that August third night, I had probably the worst night I've ever had because I could not sleep. I was in like the worst pain of my life, and like no pain, pain medicines, no drip was helping at all. So I was just it was terrible. And August fourth that morning, uh, one of the surgeons who's absolutely phenomenal came into uh, my room and told me that I had two options. I could either continue on this drip that's not really working, and the infection could spread from my calf to my kidneys, and my kidneys would end up shutting down, and basically I'd die. Or I could, as he said, amputate your right lower extremity. And I was like, wow, um, okay. Well, doesn't really look like I have two options. Um, right. Looks like I have one. <laughs> so I was like... Okay, so I took the news. I was fine when he was doing it because I was trying to act tough, whatever. But as soon as he walked out of the room, I started, like, devastating crying. 
to my dad and that probably happened for like 15 20 minutes after that i was kind of like all right well that's what i have to do that's what i have to do let's just move on so on august 4th later that day i had it amputated and then i had several surgeries after that to like they kept on going up higher and higher and then at one point in time they were gonna have to go above my knee and i didn't i'm sure most of y'all aren't very familiar with prosthetics and stuff but a knee is like the main thing like it's really key to movement because then obviously you can attach yeah attach stuff and move your knee Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier so that was kind of a devastating blow and um so they're like we're gonna have to amputate above your uh knee and i'm like okay so that my dad started doing some research and he texted some people uh shane coltrane who's gonna be my prosthetic guy Mm -hmm. um he texted him was like hey what kind of function can we have like above a knee and he was like um it's definitely going to make it a lot harder but if anybody could do it parker can do it so my dad obviously was devastated and because i mean he's glad i'm here but he also wants me to play baseball again right and um so uh so then he's like oh let me talk to dr falk who's my rehab doctor and uh so they came up with a plan to do a disarticulation through my knee, which is when instead of them going above my knee, they they cut through my knee, mm-hmm. which saves the side-to-side motion That because your thigh muscles are attached to your knee. So if you cut above your knee, therefore you won't have the side-to-side motion as well. So they're like, we're going to do a disarticulation through his knee because uh, all the bones below it were dead. So that's what they were going to do. And I had a couple surgeries before they were going to do it. And the first surgery, it was actually uh, not my regular surgeon. It was a person I was filling in for him because he was gone for the weekend. He was like, yeah, those bones are dead. And we're like, yeah, we know. And then that Tuesday, um, it was the last surgery before my amputation like above my knee or the disarticulation. And Dr. Ziri came back, and he was like, there's a little bit of blood flow to those bones. I'm going to stop cutting for right now. So we're like, my of course, my parents took that and ran with it the mm-hmm. most. But he told them, let's not get too hopeful because I don't know what this is and all that. So, like, okay, it's a little bit of hope. That's what we've been praying for. So, um, so then the next surgery, he's like, yeah, it's a lot of blood flow. Like, basically, his tibula is saved, like, because I had been doing hyperbaric, which is basically this tube. kind of looks like the little male tubes that you send up male. Into yep. it. it looks like that, but it's a big form of it, and it's pressurized oxygen, mm-hmm. oxygen, which helps healing of dead tissues and muscles. So um, I've been doing that. So I honestly, I think that prayer and hyperbaric mm-hmm. saved my knee because the tibula was had blood flow to it, but the fibula did not. So, which is fine because with a prosthetic, the fibula is honestly just uh, kind of annoying because it just causes irritation and stuff like that. So, well, you've probably gotten a real medical degree oh, over yeah. the last uh, few months that, and stuff like that. It's funny. It's funny though because yeah. I used to be like terrified of blood and all that, but now I kind of want to go to the medical school. The, so. um, <laughs> and the, the technology on these uh, prosthetics is just absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. We'll talk it's about crazy. that coming up and, and what the future holds for you. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Parker Bird, ECU baseball player who was involved in a uh, tragic 
boating accident, as you heard him describe moments ago this summer, that has uh, just been, been an incredible road to recovery here. Part, and I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm just stating the way it is. I mean, it, you almost, I mean, you've been on death's doorstep mm-hmm. a couple times. I mean, the, the boating accident itself, you almost bled out right. and could have died right then. Uh, the infection in the hospital mm-hmm. could have taken you out. Um, there's been a couple of times where I know it, it was not looking yeah. like you might even survive. Right. That's very true. I mean, so, I, I, you know, when I first heard about this, I didn't know how serious it was. And I was like, oh, man, this is I felt bad because I was like, could, this could affect his plane. You right. know, you see, yeah. I, I just thought it might have just been something. And then when I heard how serious it was. I was like, well, forget baseball. Yeah. Is this kid going to live? Yeah. You know, but to see you and talk with you and see just and I've talked with a lot of folks that know you, just your positive attitude towards this thing has just been amazing. What do you attribute that to? Um, really just my faith and my family and friends, really. Um, they've been there through it all. And just nail my mindset on life in general, just kind of take a taking a full circle because before the accident I was so focused on baseball, like just really like zoned in. I mean, obviously, here playing at East Carolina is pretty serious to this community and stuff, but I was just trying to be the best version I was in the baseball aspect. But after my accident, I'm just kind of more like, I mean, baseball is kind of minor compared to life. So, I mean, I'm just lucky I'm here. Parker, I looked at it from your perspective. What if that was me and your situation and thought about it like that? But I also have a 13-year-old and thought about it as a dad and right. like from a parent's perspective and for you to tell the story like you have and to go through it it shows your maturity and strength but uh tell us about your your parents and how they've helped you through all this process because man it's it's tough on you it's super tough on them as yeah, well for sure so um they've been great from i mean obviously day one since i've been here but the accident happened on july 23rd and um they were they had just gotten back from uh yellowstone and my sister was at uh a camp so they had just gotten home and they were just unpacking and stuff like that and my girlfriend had called them and said hey parker's been into a boating accident so they had rushed up here from laurenburg north carolina which is where home is and that's two and a half hours away well on the way up here my dad i got a flat tire because he was like driving on his shoulders and all that well, it was a Saturday at like four o'clock, so they were like, "What tire shop's gonna be open?" Well, luckily they found this little tire shop, and they had one tire in the whole entire place that would fit my dad's car. And my dad's like, "I don't care, just throw it on." And I, was, I don't care how much it is, but uh, they could tell that my dad was like in a hurry, so they threw it on there really quickly, and they rushed up here as soon as they could, and they've been here ever since day one like they've literally moved up here now just to help me um my dad has been driving back and forth from here in Laurenburg because his job's still in Laurenburg for right now and uh and for folks that don't know your, your parents i believe are both pirates yeah they your, are your dad both went to undergrad here also uh med medical school mm-hmm. mom's a nurse right from here so yes yeah, so i mean your heritage uh <laughs> is, is strong in the yeah, pirate nation here. that's right yeah they both came here so they're very familiar with the area obviously that's grown a lot since they've been here but uh so they're very familiar with the area and they've always wanted to move up here potentially but they didn't know it was going to be like this yeah. so uh but, I mean, they've been great. Um, 
So they up and moved their life just like that. Um, same thing with my sisters. They have had to move schools. My sister's a junior in high school, and then my other sister's in fifth grade. So, I mean, that's pretty key moments in your life, yeah. especially being a junior. That's in the middle of your high school experience. But, I mean, they've been very positive about it. They love it here. So, I mean... I, I kind of view it this way. Your support system has been uh, just as amazing yeah. as your recovery. And I think, you know, your your family has been obviously first and foremost. I think Cliff, Go- Cliff Gowan and the, mm-hmm. and the baseball guys have been amazing. And then also the community, uh, the, the outpouring mm-hmm. of support from this community with your story and fundraising and all the things that have been going on have just been uh, spectacular when you put all three together. Right. It's really, I'm sure, got to be uplifting to you even with all the tragedy that you've been through yeah for sure i mean i can't really say enough about uh coach g and the whole team they've been uh they've honestly been there since day one of the accident as well because the first person at the hospital was coach Gowan. uh many people don't know that but mm-hmm. he heard about it he went there i wasn't even there yet and he was there and um so he's been phenomenal uh same thing with the team i mean they have and some of the people from back home, but they uh, they have. So when I was in ICU, my window was facing the parking deck, and uh, they came and they all made posters. And I'm sure some of y'all have seen this like through Facebook and stuff. But they had all made posters, and I couldn't see any of these guys because um, like the visitation rules in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they all made posters and said stuff on it, like, we love you, we're supporting you, all that. And, I mean, that was really just a turning point in my recovery, really, in the hospital because, I mean, I didn't really have anybody besides my parents. Yeah. And then, I mean, them just showing that they really cared. And same thing with the pirate community and Greenville in general. They've been amazing. I mean, the food trains, the GoFundMe's, all the fundraising – I mean, that really does mean a lot to me and the family and all that. Can you stick with us for a few minutes? Sure. Sure, let's take a break. Right now, Parker Bird joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios, Troy D and I, and he uh, told his story earlier and uh and then what a story I mean, it is yeah and, if you missed the first segment of the yeah. show i encourage you to go back and, and hear it archived on our many many platforms that are available uh just an amazing story and a lot of new information part there's a lot of misinformation out there about how it happened what happened so to hear you tell it in your your own words uh, you know i i was telling you i'd heard oh the, we got caught up by the rope yeah I think the rope got caught up in the prop after the fact, yeah. disabled the boat, which is why you needed help from That's another right, boat. Yeah. We, I don't know if we had said that or if you had mentioned that because I, I was asking during the break, how come you guys just couldn't get to right. shore? Yeah. But it was the boat was disabled at that point, right. so you needed help. I just can't believe the people, the first folks that drove <laughs> by said, "Sorry, here's a first, here's a band aid." Basically, maybe uh, that, that was that was uh, God telling me I needed that. Yeah, I, well, I yeah, can't get over it when they do the Parker Bird movie. It's going to seem fake when you've got. <laughs> the nurse on the boat and then the one little tire shop has one tire left like it all kind of came together that that, that was pretty interesting before we kind of go ahead troy with the recovery and everything i do want to ask you like you you are mature enough to to tell this story and i was thinking back i broke my thumb playing uh baseball in ninth grade (laughs) and i had a cast and i'm like 
how I'm going to go through everyday life with this cast on. Uh, yours uh, a little more severe than that, but like the like with the realization process and setting in like this is life now. Like at what point did that kind of come to you? Especially for an athlete, yeah. It's like, mobile, like your your sport, you usually need you know yeah. literally life changing. Yeah. I mean, like, like yeah. So it kind of just really set in probably a week after the amputation. Probably around when they were telling me that it had to go above my knee. That's really when it was probably like, oh, this is like not not a dream, not really mm-hmm. a nightmare. But um, so yeah, and especially kicked in like as soon as I got out of the hospital, like just because I had to face challenges outside of the hospital that I didn't have to before my accident. So I was like, just for instance, getting up the stairs in my house. That was one of the yeah. biggest things, like. I never thought I'd have to worry about that, but I mean that's kind of life now. But yeah, and for folks that don't, it's your right leg, right leg, yes, sir. And uh, just think about you know driving. Yeah, you know all of a sudden that's a left foot drive. Yeah, I mean that's a whole new world now. I mean anyone that's you know right foot and try driving with your left foot and, yep. and see how it's, unusual it is it's, it feels weird you get used to it but i mean it's definitely tough with the drivers here in greenville there yeah <laughs> a little crazy. trust me i noticed that last night um and for folks that don't know you still are enrolled at east carolina yes sir uh number take, 16 t- on you're the still, roster you're still That's at right, east carolina right. baseball I just came from the offices today and uh i heard you know they've got the what the purple gold world, world series, series going on this weekend i heard uh i'm gonna have a special guest coach out there from what yeah. i've heard so um, so team sailor uh i'm gonna be the assistant coach on uh team uh garrett sailor's team we did a draft yesterday it's uh carter spivey is the other coach head coach for the other team and should be good should be lots of fun i think uh first game is friday at 3 30 i'm pretty sure and then saturday's at 11 something and then Sunday is at twelve. So, so, so you're still for folks that are wondering, you're still part of the team. Oh, you yeah, know, sir. this this hasn't changed that. Obviously, uh, it's changed your day to day routine right. and how much you you can do with the team day to day. But let's talk about what your routine is and in, in the recovery because I know spending a lot of time with my buddy Kevin Youngs yes, uh, over at Youngs Physical Therapy. What's the what is the you know rehab like after a, a severe injury like right. this amputation what would tell us you know what you're going through every day okay yeah so um i started out young's great place um started out there i was rehabbing there for a good bit and then i had to switch my therapies to uh outpatient at the hospital because they're just really working on my knee my right knee now to get ready for the prosthetic so i had to go do that but i'm still at young's doing the strength performance there which is absolutely phenomenal they uh, kick my butt every day. So um, I'm going there, and I'm also going to next level. And I'm also working out with Coach Wilson with the ECU baseball team. Mm-hmm. So I'm really just hitting all the spots. But it's been tough. But, I mean, I was 141 pounds coming out of the hospital, and I was 190 going in. So it was it was a lot of weight loss. But yeah. uh, thankfully I'm gaining it back through the recovery process and stuff. So What – um you know through that process the next step is the prosthetic and i'm right. no expert in this field but it seems like the technology like everything has really advanced mm-hmm. and i you know i was talking at lunch today with some friends and i was thinking back to the guy from you know south africa that that you know yeah. won a gold medal might have been in the um the bilateral uh amputation he had two legs yes yeah. yes but so 
I mean, it goes to show you can be active again. What is the, you know, how does it work? What type of prosthetic do you get? And is it possible that you could make a return to oh, play yeah. baseball again? Yeah, so um, there's different prosthetics for really any event you want to do. Yeah, that's including, like, swimming. Like, if I want to go swimming, want to have a prosthetic for that, I could as well. But mine will be more baseball-related, so... Like I'll have an ankle that will turn and twist just like a normal ankle would. And it's going to be a suction prosthetic. So instead of like a pin, it will it'll have like a kind of a suction cup to my leg. And it's going to be on there pretty tight. And um, obviously I have my knee, so I'll be able to do like move up and down with my knee. And then it's going to be kind of, a, kind of like a vacuum. So like it will absorb the energy and then it will release it as well. So it's it's really high technology. Uh, those guys are geniuses that make these uh, prosthetics. So, and Shane Coltrane is great with prosthetics, and he knows what he's doing. So, and there's definitely a possibility I'll be back for sure. So Parker, when do you get that? Um, so I get fitted the 15th of this month. So they'll uh, just do a molding of my leg, and so therefore they can make the like top cup, which will change over time. And uh, so I'll get uh, fitted the 15th, and then hopefully I'll get my leg um, early December, late November, so, somewhere. All right, so before the end of this year. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully you'll be fitted with that, right. off, hopefully off of crutches. Yes. And back, able to walk, walk. able to run. How, right. how mobile will you be? Um, so then I have to learn how to walk again. So they said that usually takes around a week. Uh, once I get it, I'll have this it's called a wearing schedule so like for the first couple of days i'll only be able to wear it like an hour and a half uh then i'll progress to like three hours a day and then by the end of two weeks they said i should be like normal and just being able to wear it all day but i might have to learn how to walk again which shouldn't take too long and then i might have to learn how to run which I, they say is more of a process just because the balance is a little mm-hmm. different and all of that stuff so, I mean, and then after that, it's on to baseball and learning how to just just adapt to, I guess, hitting and fielding and all that good stuff with a prosthetic legs. So, Are you throwing it all? You know, just playing uh, catch or just anything? Sit, or? Sitting down a little bit, yeah. throwing and hitting. And then I'm also just doing like one-hand drills, hitting and fielding. And then uh, I use my crutch sometimes to do um, front toss. My dad would just front toss me, and I just – do uh, one-handed drills yeah. and stuff. So what What do you think, maybe like, all right, give yourself 12 months to kind of get yeah. used to it, rehab, get everything, you know, yeah. uh, peak performance. I mean, do you think this time next year you could be, mm-hmm. you know, ready to try yeah. and play Division One baseball? Yeah, this time next year I'll be, I'll be ready for sure. I'll be on a – I won't be an assistant coach to a Brooklyn <laughs> Gold team. You're going to get drafted. I, I mean, i got to tell you, and, and I, I truly hope and pray that <laughs> happens. I think it would be absolutely amazing. And you want to talk about one of the great comeback stories. Right. What is, um, you know, Coach Godwin said uh, about that process? Uh, he's all in. I mean, since day one, he, he's believed that I could do it, um, which, I mean, everybody that I surround myself with it thinks I'm going to come back, and, which is, I mean, really all I need is – positive energy and uh so i mean he's all in he's excited he's uh really just been there through the process and he's i mean sometimes i have to miss practice to just 
like go to therapies mm-hmm. and all that stuff so i mean i go to the practices every day i can but sometimes i have to miss for like therapies and all that good stuff all right we got a lot of people waiting the numbers are through the roof online listener we appreciate everybody <laughs> tuned in today um john Locke says uh on facebook live i have a uh, pros- prosthetic and i played rugby at ecu which is mm. a huge club sport you've got this heck yeah so uh rugby i love it <laughs> steve hill saying uh he'll provide you a free ride anytime you want i believe he's a uh, local <laughs> he uber does driver. uber and lift so yeah, yeah if you so, need a ride uh, he said anytime we can call his bluff on that and absolutely do that uh josh thomas uh, thomas says uh, an absolute miracle that parker's even able to tell a story uh Jeannie Myers, we love you. Parker Craig says, uh, you're an inspiration to many. Welcome to Pirate Nation. So um, it really is an incredible story. As I said, I, I think the best thing about it is just your, your incredible positive attitude right. through this whole thing, where it just would be really easy to get down, to feel sorry for yourself, or feel that, man, things are over. But, you know, I just feel like the best could still be yet to come for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when tragedies happen like this to anybody, I mean, their first reaction is going to be down. I mean, nobody's going to be excited or happy that anything happened. So, I mean, I would say there was a couple of days in the hospital where I was like, my life's over. I even said to my mom one time, like, there's no guys in the MLB or D1 that have a prosthetic leg. And I'll never forget her response. There has to be a first. So, yeah, I mean, that was going to be my next question. If that, has anyone played baseball nah, in college? I don't, I don't know, think. I mean, I think there's been like lower divisions, yeah. and I mean there might have been a couple other sports, but only thing I, I think of close was Jim Abbott uh, pitching with one arm back yeah. in the day, yeah. and threw a no hitter, I believe. Yeah, actually, yeah. so but I, that's all I can. But think you know what? Terrible. Yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah. not? Maybe there just hasn't been an opportunity right, like this exactly. too. It's yeah. not often that accidents like this happen yeah, exactly. to D one baseball players. Maybe this is the time. Exactly. You know, and, and I why agree not? there has to be a first. No, why not? So that's really just been my mindset through it all. And just staying positive because I mean, there's no reason to really be negative. I mean, it happened. It's over. Move on. That's really kind of – I've always just been like – I've always been a guy that's been like, what's next? Like, yeah. What's next? So, I mean, honestly, this gave me more of a challenge in life to, hey, what's next? Yeah. So. And, and I do think once you get that prosthetic fitted and it's working right and you're used to it and it becomes truly an extension of who you are, I think that's kind of life-changing too. I think oh, then yeah. you kind of get your mm-hmm. almost life back. You're not on crushes. crutches. You're not yeah. depending on everybody for everything. Exactly. And you can kind of – go back to who you you were exactly, independent yeah yeah i'm excited man uh i've been feeling i hate being babied but i feel like the past six months or whatever i've had to get baby just naturally i mean my mom sometimes is like you say you don't want to be babied anymore so she just leaves me at the house and doesn't do anything for me i was like mom careful I, what you wish for yeah i, I kind of dinner did. would still be nice mom <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so i'm like mom i do need help something yeah. so, but yeah i mean i'm ready to be more independent and just learn life with a prosthetic which is really just going to be an addition to myself so were you serious about maybe getting in the medical field what are you doing as far as studies go yeah so um i'm majoring in business right now um which at first I was going to do, be a financial advisor and I was kind of just going to be like a recruiter for baseball and like with their financial guys. But um, ever since the accident happened, my dad's always since like whenever I was a little kid, um, 
and he's told me and my sisters, y'all need to be a radiologist. Y'all need to be a radiologist. They make lots of money, and they don't really have to do too much. They can work. Yeah, I got home. some friends or yeah. them. I yeah, so probably agree with your dad on that. <laughs> chose the wrong path. So he's like, be a radiologist. <laughs> and uh, so I've always been like, man, I hate blood. I yeah. cannot do the medical field. And, I mean, I think this is really just a crash course. My accident was like, <laughs> hey, this is how it is. Yeah. I mean, and a the, lot of medical school opportunities yeah, here at exactly. ECU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great medical school. So, um, so yeah, but I was scared of blood. So then I was getting my blood drawn every hour. Yeah. So it's kind of just took a whole turn. And now, I mean, I'm majoring in business, but to take the MCAT, which is a test to get into medical school, um, you just really have to take class like specific classes instead of like a degree Mm -hmm. so i'm just making sure that i can uh take those classes and just learn about the business side of stuff too so so you might want to go to medical school is what you're saying oh yeah i do yeah hopefully here at Brody medical school but we'll see awesome (laughs) that'd be great uh you want to get another break in yeah we'll take another time out we'll uh you want to wrap up the hour with us when we come back all right cool parker bird joining us uh here for hour number one and uh parker it's been awesome to hear your story and uh you, you i like when you said you've always been kind of what's next moving forward so right. you're uh, you're looking to the future you've uh you know there's always some some positive with the negative and you've uh been able to talk to some cool people and do some cool things uh since you've uh, come out of the hospital i saw you were uh sounding the siren at the hurricanes game recently right yeah um that was great i went to the hurricanes game last friday and they were playing the islanders and I got to ring the little siren thing. Did uh, you? Was it set second. up ahead of time, or did they? It was so. Um, so we have a friend that owns a suite there. Mm-hmm. So we got to watch the game from the suite. Well, the friend told one of his coworkers about. I mean, they both know my story and all mm-hmm. that. So the coworker told it has connections to like the siren because he's done it before too. So he has connections to him, and he's told the story and they're like yeah of course and so yeah very cool um and we mentioned too obviously still involved with ecu baseball what's your uh out you know you're friends with a lot of guys on the team yeah as they're getting uh some fall ball activity in what uh what are you thinking of ecu pirate baseball this season oh um it's gonna be exciting uh we have a lot of new pieces in the infield i mean y'all probably gonna see a freshman shortstop which is great in my opinion but um so there's going to be some new guys coming in, some transfers that are going to be big parts to the team. We got a guy from a and got from uh, VMI, and a couple other schools. So, I mean, they're going to be really key pieces this year, especially with the pitching staff, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, they look good every scrimmage, every um, really every practice and stuff. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Uh they're going to, I mean, they're still working on some things, definitely. But, I mean, I think just from watching from the dugout and then being into the, in the dugout, um, I think the chemistry is going to be key this year and just the guys playing like for each other like they do every year. So, And for when, folks that don't know, you, you're an infielder, you, and yes. you were telling me before, any position but first base. Yeah, cool I with, can play so. middle infield, third base. And I guess none of that changes, right? No, no, sir. All right. When uh, we always talk to players, and by the time they're seniors or former players, they they love Cliff Godwin. He's a brother. He's a friend. Right. He's a father figure. Whatever they all, but they always say the first year is kind of tough. So yeah. what's the uh, what's your first impressions um, of uh, Coach Godwin as a coach? Um, 
I would say I had it a little different than other guys, uh, <laughs> definitely because of the accident and stuff. But I mean, he wasn't really here a lot during the summer because he was with Team USA. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say we got lucky because obviously he's the best coach in the nation. <laughs> but from the from the yelling part, we did get lucky. But um, he did come in. The, I think it was a week before my accident. Was the week he came back to summer school. So I, I experienced a little bit of them, but I mean, it was honestly, it was fine to me. Jeff Palumbo has always been a mild mannered guy to me, but I've been told he can yell uh, oh, if, yeah. he, if he needs to um, as well. Yeah, I mean, both of them <laughs> get pretty rowdy. Um, Must be behind the scenes. Yeah, Palumbo's like yeah. the well, nicest Palumbo guy. He's the nicest guy. I love both Don't of them. Don't let him fool you. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, he's very passionate, is what I like to say. Um, but I mean, I guess they got to do it to be the best program in the nation. Yes, sir. So, I mean, but Coach Godwin definitely uh, rides the uh, freshman a little bit more than he does the upperclassmen just because, I mean, it's a culture here. And, I mean, obviously we have to learn the culture and, I mean, just learn the ways everybody did. So, Well, Parker, um, you know, through technology, we've got Pirate fans listening to us across the country or, or watching us uh, online. And uh, I mentioned uh, John's uh, – no, played rugby earlier played yeah. rugby with the Club prosthetic yeah. he said that he's he was a firefighter paramedic with his prosthetic he's now a nurse in the burn unit in san francisco okay um so uh he said the the nursing program at ecu is a great program yeah. uh we've had someone luke uh lonbrunner weighing in here on facebook live saying he's an ecu amputee also mba ms and rehab counseling and a hockey player keep <laughs> oh, challenging wow. yourself wow. he says That's so great a lot of folks uh you know there might we talked earlier maybe there wasn't it hasn't been a d1 um baseball player officially yeah. with oh. prosthetic but that doesn't mean there hasn't been tremendous athletes yeah oh, throughout yeah. the country and world with prosthetics and as you see i mean they have an entire olympic games where you, yeah. where you see yeah. that but which is one of my so, goals actually um after i get done playing here obviously um I mean, I kind of want to – I'm not a big runner, honestly, like long distance, but I kind of do want to do like a triathlon and be a Paralympian because so, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it would so, be amazing. I mean, that's one of the goals. So, Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you've been – you know, your story's been inspirational. As I said, we've been kind of following it online and uh, from a distance. We've been wanting to talk to you for a while and, and wow, what a, uh, just to hear it in your own words and, and your recovery and your added positive attitude, it is truly inspirational and uh, everything we've heard about you is even better than in, <laughs> than, than what we thought. So, listen, we uh, thank the world of you and uh, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're a pirate and if there's anything we can do to help you guys out, you know, going forward, let us know and, and we're going to continue to follow the journey and uh, I hope we're having you in here soon. Yes, Again, yeah. talking about uh, not just the recovery, but uh, baseball yeah. and uh, doing an NIL <laughs> deal with you and talking about That's your right. playing days. So yeah. uh, I, I feel that could be in the future. And uh, we're just really honored that we could share some time with you today and really share this with the Pirate Nation of, of your tremendous story. Well, thank you guys. And thank you, Pirate Nation. It's been, it's been a blast. Appreciate it. Nice to meet yes, you, sir. Parker. Nice Enjoyed you it, man. Yes, sir. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.